Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Non-Essential Workers Podcast, a left-wing podcast where we take on the horrible headlines and bullshit in the media and uh, try to make comedy out of it. We'll see. Uh, I'm your uh, first host, Alex. I'm Jason. And I'm Aiden. And I'm the captain now. So There it is. Buckle up. This ship has seatbelts. Um, so, I've learned from my past mistakes. I've learned that sometimes what I think is okay is incredibly dark and frustrating. And so this is not going to be that, he said, knowing that he was lying through his teeth the whole time. Let's begin with a nice, uh, a nice check-in on the comparative culture wars between America and uh, the ROK, the lovely country of South Korea. So apparently this is what's concerning people over in South Korea. This is from the Korea Times. Does serving spicy food to young children violate human rights? <laughs> that is great. Are these the stakes of Korean politics? This is the most like grandpa article. It's like the food's too spicy these days. It's Kim Jong Un's fault. <laughs> it's gone nuclear. It, this is a real article from the Korean Times. You betcha. I mean, I mean, what what could the argument possibly be that basically young children can't consent to or even have the experience to know that the food will be too spicy, and so when you first introduce it to them, it's like not fair to them. I guess so. I guess, yeah, because spice, you know, uh, capsaicin causes pain. So you're abusing your kids, uh, even though kids are notoriously picky and will not eat anything that they don't want to. Wait, was, uh, this, was this from a North Korean publication or a South Korean publication? Uh, assuming I'm assuming that, South Korean. I, I didn't read the article, uh, but I'm fairly confident in South Korea. So I'm assuming it is a South Korean paper talking about North Korea, right? What? No, well, I think this is an inter in South Korean like culture piece. Well, because let's put it this way: violating human rights is not really something that states tend to talk about themselves unless they're being like ironic. Out, or, it's not a state yeah. publication. Well, we don't we don't get that many articles, for instance, from the U.S. about like you know our prisons violating you know black people's human rights or like from israel you know are is gaza violating palestinian human rights it's usually from outside sources We've looking in some that. see that's well, also, yeah that's why i said it was a culture war thing because i think this is exactly like parents getting bored about not having something to be worried about for their kids uh in south korea uh, a relatively modern modernized country and uh, not relatively very modernized country and you know, choosing this as their as their current battle worth their time. Well, the, well, the thing I was working towards, because the way I read this was South Korea finding yet another, you know, reason to be irritated with the North Korean regime is probably like, and they're serving them spicy food, <laughs> right? That that was my assumption about what this title was, <laughs> which would be especially grotesque when you consider that there's like a starvation problem. Well, that's what I was going to say. That joke can't work because the, the, the issue would be not getting served food. Well, right. Well, that's what I was, it was getting to. It's like beggars can't really be choosers when the country's on the brink of starvation. Um, I mean, and has been for decades. We've talked about this before internally. North Koreans and South Koreans do not view the differences amongst each other the way the rest of the world sees the differences. 
the fact that we refer to it as South Korea is our own political take on this. Korea is, a, is one country that we have split into two. So, yeah, we, we've engineered the circumstances. Right, but my, my point that, is yeah. South Koreans don't, like, chide and deride North Korea like fucking human right violators. No, that's not how they view the same ethnic people as them. Most of them don't, though. There, there certainly could be, like, a right-wing paper that chooses to. Um, I, the, like, I don't know if it's the equivalent of, like, their, you know, New York Post or whatever. No, this like is probably the equivalent of their New York Times. Well, that's what I, right, exactly. We don't have the context to know what kind of tone this was coming. But my, uh, my point is, America likes thinking we run the world. And we like projecting our political views onto every other country. So when we talk about China, we bring with that all our, our context and hatred towards what we perceive as communism. When we talk about North and South Korea, we bring all our perspective, which is South Korea good, North Korea bad. Like, we paint over other countries' political intricacies with a gigantic fat brush that has zero detail to it. And so to me, I don't know, I, I think this is f what Aiden was getting at, which is like, this is an extremely niche, we have nothing to complain about, things are going actually relatively well here, despite <laughs> them having some... This is a first world problems article. Yes, except they actually do have some weird problems with their prime ministers and... Yeah, yeah. South Korea's had some political issues recently, but I think to Aiden's point, this is like a light news day... Let's talk about this bullshit that we found on, like, a Twitter thread where people are mad at, like, you know, spicy Asian food. I, I, I mean, honestly, whether it's about their own food or whether it's about the North's food, at the end of the day, I think I actually have basically the same critique, which is, like, they could also be writing about how people are starving, like, in the same basic part of the world, the same countries. Um, yeah, but people probably aren't starving in, Korea, in South Korea, really. No, what I'm saying is... The, it, you know, we're, we're going back to the premise that, like, they're still basically just one group of people called Koreans, and most of them want to reunify under some scheme or another. Um, lots of people still have families, you know, stranded on the other side of the border who are facing starvation because of the problems in North Korea. But before we get too far, a lot of people probably don't understand why North Korea is constantly on the edge of starvation, so I'll just give, like, a very brief historical context. Because Korea was divided into two parts, North and South Korea, the country, which had functioned as a single country because it had different like geographical elements of each part, uh, did not function as two because North Korea is like eighty percent mountains. Cut America um, in half, and what happens to our farming? Yeah, it would be like asking America to subsist without the heartlands food on the same volume of consumption, which is not realistic. So, North, you know, North Korea has great mining and industry regions, but like, there's not a lot of arable land. And there's not, you know, it's not as much coastline to fish and all those things. So, like, they're constantly on the edge of, of food crisis because they don't really have the natural ability to sustain it. And they're under constant embargo and restriction. Yeah, I was, was going to say the sanctions don't help. So it's the same issue as pretty much everywhere, which is we try to, like, we try to, as the West, always say, like, oh, socialism and communism makes you run out of food and supplies. It's like, no, capitalist embargoes make you run out of food and supplies because you've, you've artificially separated these people from international trade and commerce. Um, so yeah, like North Korea for, for for a long time, the Soviet Union supplied a lot of food to the Korea in exchange for other resources, and it worked just fine because they had like an ally who would trade with them, like most countries have. But since the fall of the Soviet Union, they've been on the edge of starvation. You know, like capitalism. Yeah, they, they've been on the edge of starvation for about thirty years because of this. Um, and the fact that that's not the central focus of any question about food by any Korean is, is terrifying. You know, many people's like you know, distant cousins or grandparents or whatever are stuck in North Korea, whether they have any politics or not, and are constantly on the edge of starvation because of this. Because, like, it's a lot. It's almost everyone has someone up there. Uh, so, yeah, that's 
that would be to me the take. You know, if you want to talk about human rights and food, that's the take. I think. Yeah, I I think to Ain's point, it's almost like people in South Korea are becoming myopic and insular. Yeah, it's entirely possible. They're thinking about their own problems, which are petty compared to global issues that we talk about a lot. Well, yeah, that's everyone everywhere. Like you can't, no one, almost no one is thinking about global issues all the time. You know, even even us when we try to be worldly, we all you know devolve into our own things that occupy our our lives. And yeah, that's how I I took this is just like some some like parent at a school board meeting like writing an angry letter to the government like schools are public schools are feeding our kids things that make their tummies hurt this is and it was probably weird. bullshit where the kid came home and lied about like yeah. fed spicy food instead of like getting knocked up or something i don't know like they, <laughs> they, what? They want, whatever goes on whatever what goes what on I'm, I'm, in my mind first, it's like some girl having you know i mean it family. says young children <laughs> i don't know my point is i was just like you know daughter gives mom excuse that's fake mom takes seriously the excuse and then writes an op-ed about spicy food to me like i just like the the communication confusion well, well, and there seems to be a common topic you got fucking the ethical question about like should they eat octopi and stuff too like there's a, there seems to be a lot of food-based ethical issues in this part of the world yeah Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Issues everywhere. Certainly working through some through some dietary stuff. That's for sure. Um, well, uh, we'll never know what the actual truth of this headline is and, and the article behind it. But I had I had assumed it was kind of like a very mild culture war thing, or not even culture war, just like what's what, what's wrong, what's harming the kids these days. Um, and so that's what's happening in in Korea. And uh, meanwhile, in America. This is what's happening here. This is how certain parts of the country are trying to protect the kids from the Washington Post. I think we should throw those books in a fire. <laughs> Movement builds on right to target books. You heard about this? Yeah. Right as in the political right. Yes, the political right. Okay. Because I almost read it as like on the right to burn books. I was like, I think that's pretty guaranteed. The the picture was a giant picture of, of uh, Greg Abbott. So okay, sure. yeah, book burnings are on the rise. But what I find funny is that books are not even the primary way in which information is disseminated anymore. So what I imagine is in ten years when right wingers like let's throw the computer on the fire, yeah. like oh no my emails. Like, it's like this the is, wrong. This is the internet. Stupid. It's yeah. insanely antiquated. Like it was integrated in the like, 40s when, when people were writing shit about, you know, book burnings. Are there any children reading books? No, they're all on their iPad. <laughs> like, Greg, I was going to say. Only like, in school. Only where they have to, right? And they're even not even reading in school. They've all, all the fucking budgets have blown up to buy tech instead of actually good teachers. Like, we, we, we use it as virtue signaling often. I mean, like we, I mean, like, typically, like, liberal democratic urban and suburban elites but you know if, if you grew up in like a middle class background chances are pride of yourself on something like reading a lot of books but even divorcing it from that context you know people when i was growing up 25 years ago yeah you read a good amount of books because the tech just wasn't there to do else with your time unless i wanted to run around with like you know a hoop on a stick like yeah you you, you read books because they're a thing to do but it's also the best it was the best way to take in new information yeah, like these days, uh, you know, I don't read nearly as much as I did because I spend what well, reading I do is usually digital. It's usually on on the internet or through an audiobook or through a e-reader. All these things. It's like you have so many options, most of which are now digitized. Are are books even the most common way to consume text? No, I don't think so. 
not anymore. Uh, this is kind of a weird. Like, I mean, I think the obvious thing you're thinking is like, look, the right is returning to like witch burning or like book burning, like any dystopian uh, thing. But like, the inefficacy is pretty weird. You know, you know what I think it is. They've like they've forgotten how to protest. So whenever they see protests, they get mad because they think like protesting is now like what libs do, and they can't cancel stuff on the internet because that would make them hypocrites. Because their whole thing is about raving about not getting canceled on the internet. So all they have left is to resort to book burning, but it doesn't actually like they think it's it's the only cultural touchstone they have. This is what my this is what my right winger grandfather did, and this is what his great right wing grandfather did. Like this is the only touch they have back to the old right wing cultures of like how to destroy information, because and because they have this weird guttural reaction to modern destruction of information through, you know, uh, censorship or closing down websites or stuff like that. Did you so say they, this they're was kind of caught in like a time loop? Did you say this was um, the Texas governor on the picture? In yes. But that doesn't necessarily mean he actually had anything to do with it. No, but it, every time that we go back to like things that Texas is doing wrong, I have to kind of remind myself like this is the same the same state that's trying to do like a Hunger Games coliseum for abortion doctors and the people who get their services. So like, yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could see them just doing like a huge book bonfire. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I guess it's at this point maybe too low hanging fruit, but the the constant like uh ignorance and hypocrisy is is constantly astounding like yeah these are the same people who are calling like everything under the sun 1984 and now they're yeah, doing yeah, exactly. 451 in real life yeah it's a beautiful beautiful irony chef's kiss i mean yeah it, it's it's very gross obviously this kind of is the, the i'm sure that the visuals that this evokes are going to be pretty similar to that like horsemen riding down Haitians like the, the visuals of burning books do not lend themselves well because I'm sure you can compare it to like every dictatorship or like theocracy that's done exactly the same thing yeah uh, but it's funny to me because not only is it ineffective like it's it's both ineffective and horrible PR which makes you know it's a Greg Abbott movie. yeah exactly it's, it's like his signature <laughs> is incredibly stupid and self-destructive and harms others for no reason All right, all right. Let's let's stay with uh with American politics for a moment with a couple of of uh, paired articles. We'll we'll start with um one about the uh, still a bit far off but looming presidential election of twenty twenty four. The candidates are already shaping up uh, on both sides of the party lines, and let's see let's see who's on the on the docket. So first from HuffPost. Howard Stern says he may run in 2024 if Trump does. I'll beat his ass. <laughs> in the Republican primary or in the general? No, he, as a Democrat. As a Democrat. Okay. He uh, might be right. Republican presidential hopeful soft launches 2024 campaign on premise that men are masturbating too much. <laughs> from Slate. So he had to stop masturbating to run for president to keep with his promise. No, he, no, he's secretly a, not a family first guy, and he's masturbating all the time. Yeah. Man, this is great. To me, this is like the Korean article. It's like, this is what is on the top of this guy's concern, as the Korean mom is worried about spicy food and human rights. I don't know, this is... <sighs> Republicans are insane if they think they can win on platforms like this anymore. They can't! 
who are they winning who they didn't already have on that platform? <laughs> right. Their, their platform could be, I have a, a giant R on my chest. Like, you really can't find a more, like, culture war bullshit issue to run on than, like, pornography is ruining in America. Like, sorry, it's not... It's I not talked really to my it. scientist, Joe Rogan. He told me NoFap November is good, so... Right, exactly. Like, it's li- we're literally going to see, like, no NoFap 2024 signs if this guy gets that far. Oh, God. Murders that... would skyrocket. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I would be responsible. Um, that's insane. I love uh, it. That, that you can just, like... Yeah, that this is... Yeah, as you said, that this is what they're they're saying. This is what's important, that masturbation is ruining the nuclear family or whatever well if it's opposed by howard stern then the other one will be like you're not masturbating enough mandatory yeah. masturbation every day you know oh how howard stern's requirement yeah, yeah, yeah. he'll just he'll just have the <laughs> porn star on the Sibian again as he likes to do yeah i'm certainly not hopeful about howard oh, how would you crazy presidency either i don't need beetlejuice as the vice president now regardless of how you feel about howard stern's sort of shock jock dipshit He's crazy. thing I don't think he's going to win the Democratic primary when he got canceled for talking about black women with nappy-headed hoes. Like, sorry, I don't think you can win the Democratic primary when that's what you're famous yeah, but Alex, for. didn't you hear him criticize Aaron Rodgers? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's, but he's dealt with de- depression, Alex. He's a, he's neuro- he's, 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 he's a rich guy having a mental health crisis. Yeah. He's neurodivergent. Yeah. He's certainly atypical. I mean, he is funny. <laughs> Gotta give him yeah. that. Yeah, he's, he's successful. Yeah, yeah, he can be. He's worth lots of money. He's kind People of the, like he's, he's the Jerry Springer of radio. Like, I mean, there's moments that are no Jerry Springer is f- even more like fake and phony. Yeah. I'm not saying he's morally equivalent. I, I think Springer's worse, but he's he's he plays to a certain sort of lowest common denominator of like shock and bullshit. I mean, I guess he's kind of like a Trump in that sense. I guess he's almost saying, like, I could be the Democratic Trump. I want to see the Opie and Anthony presidential ticket. Oh, God. And get Jim Norton for treasurer or something. <laughs> no, they, they actually have to both be president. It's the Opie and they, they can only do it as a show presidency. Co-presidents. Yeah, it goes back to, like, a Spartan dual kingship. Yeah, except my joke is that they've been broken up for years. Oh. <laughs> Well, I, I'm All not right. sure whether my subconscious knew that or not, but I still associate them together because of that. Well, and Louis I, can run HUD. I, yeah, Louis, Louis runs the the Me Too campaigns that they that they have to re- reinvigorate to prove he's back. I had I, I had Googled while well, while well, we runs HUD. They we always have a black guy run it. Yeah, <laughs> of course. I had Googled while while, while we were talking because I was just curious if Howard Schultz had had also announced another presidential run yet. Um, peanuts? <laughs> yes. yes. Um, someone like that, Joe. Someone. Who's Howard Schultz? Oh, he's the, he's the ex-CEO of uh, Starbucks. Who, who has tried to run for president before. Oh. Um, and uh, the first headline that comes up with his name is, this wasn't the headline I had prepared, but Starbucks ex-CEO Howard Schultz Uses Holocaust analogy to discourage union vote. Yeah, <laughs> he's actually perfect for the Democratic Party. Then, yeah, that's right. That's right along the messaging. Wait, he's running as a Democrat. <laughs> he he has in the past, I believe. Yeah, we just have to acknowledge that Joe Manchin's right. 
we're a right-wing country, therefore you can't ever try. It's just like another Bloomberg, right? Yeah, a rich guy who wants to wants to have his name remembered and make more. Is it money. a crime if I say I want to hurt Joe Manchin? Uh, no, but it could get you in trouble, so I wouldn't. Just say in Minecraft. Then I did. <laughs> then I didn't say it, <laughs> and you can't prove it. Thought crime. You, you asked it as a question, which I think yeah, that is there. correct. You were concerned about our fans who might say things that they'd regret. Um, Folks, <laughs> looking out for you. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this is... The fact that we're already basically assuming that Biden will be dead or, or you know, in some sort of coma by 2024 and we need to figure out who would run instead is rather amusing. Um, I'm sure he would like to run again, but probably will not be able to. Um, I hope he does. I hope he doesn't because I don't think I don't think he'll win unless it's Trump because he's so, like, just beaten down and exhausted. Uh, I think he would be Trump again because of how fucking pathetic Trump is at this point. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, this is besides the fact that he sucks shit. Like, I still hate Biden, but it's too far out to even. We're, we're not going to get like we're not going to get a good option. We we already realized that from the Democratic Party. No, we're in it for the memes. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get one of these like one of these insane crossovers. Like, at, a, at what point do the log cabin Republicans just become the candidates for Democratic Party? Like every time. Uh, that's what that's what we're trending in my estimation. Well, speaking of memes, you guys know that uh, that meme format of like the the buff Sheba and the and the sad little Sheba dog yes. next to each other. Um, well. I feel like our government. This is a pretty good example of our government being the the little dog on the right, the pathetic one. As this is a headline from New York Times, the NIH says it isn't giving up in its patent fight with Moderna. So, our the NHS, National Institute of Health, basically by extension the U.S. government is. Well, hang on. NHS is the is the NIH. Service, right? Yeah, you just said the. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The other, it's fine. Apologies. Um, yeah, is is fighting with with Moderna the, the, the company uh, to prevent it from from unilaterally uh, owning the vaccine that it's created, the one that's been funded with tens of billions yeah. of do- of uh, taxpayer dollars and is reliant upon research from the NIH, the one that has been one hundred percent publicly funded by the United States. Uh huh. Not a little bit, not not partial, 100%. Now they own for it. all intents and purposes, the U.S. public vaccine that we made with our money. I don't know, like, if this was a corporation, we would have 100% stock ownership, logically. Why would we have ever given well, this like, up? What, where does Moderna think, get off trying this? You're going to lose to the U.S. government if they actually want to take it. Well, well that's the question. Yeah. Um, because I don't think they do. I think they're just doing, like, trying to find a way to force them to give them more like boosters or something. Like, I, I don't think they give a shit about this because otherwise they would never have given away the fucking patent to it in the first place. There was no reason to give them the patent. We just threw, we just like gave it away. We probably had like a b- internal bidding war to see who would pay more for this patent. Um, because the, the Trump and Biden administrations are both corrupt as fuck. I'm sure one of them sold the rights to something that was enormously more expensive that the, on the, you know, would have been a public benefit to some private corporation. And I think they may even have to reveal that. I just don't remember it offhand. But yeah. The, the, yeah, I'm way it, out of my depth. It's completely insane that we would have ever given up the patent to this as a public. If we, like, if we had a, if we had a, you know, 
actual vote, if the American public got to say, should we sell the rights to a life-saving medical breakthrough to a private company for profit? Instead of just owning it with the money we spent on it, no, I don't think. They I don't know, Alex. I don't know if you want to trust the American public with a vote on that. That's what the UK thought they were doing when they tried the Brexit vote. Like, uh, the American public, like, yeah, fuck yeah, we get to, we get to sell that because they're idiots and they think that we'd somehow profit from like selling it to other countries. If a if it was explained in a non pushy way, then people would absolutely not be okay with that. Yeah, but that's just as as, as dumb as they are, uh, even. A relatively sort of ignorant American who loves capitalism could realize, like, oh, if we bought it, then we should keep it. Because that's what we did. We we spent public money on this thing. That's the entire way it was funded. It was made in American institutions. And uh, we don't get to keep the right to it? Here's what they would huh? say. They would say, then take the Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson. Like, they're idiots. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't even address the question. Of course not. Because uh, questions are not for addressing. I mean, we're shadow boxing with a, with an imagined American public here, but I, I'm I'm pretty sure most people understand the concept of when you pay for something, you you own it. Uh, the American public completely paid for this vaccine. Exactly. The, the fact that they even get to call it the Moderna vaccine as opposed to the U.S. public vaccine is already repugnant to me. It's like the Trump putting his name on the check thing. It's it's really gross. Um, That's my point. That America does not view the way our tax dollars are spent as our ownership. We, we, instead of taking pride in paying taxes so that you feel like you have a public stake in the country, people resent taxes and think taxes are the government, which is somehow not controlled by them, stealing money from them. Because uh, Americans yeah. have a fundamentally warped view of what the government is. I don't know. Have you ever seen like a really entitled Karen like shouting at some mailman like, I pay your taxes. You know, my taxes pay your salary. Like, but they don't American wage. They don't actually yeah. take those implications of that seriously. Yeah. Hey, if we if we yell at more Moderna executives, that's enough for me. I'll all right. Know. This is a message message to all the Karens out there. Go yell at Moderna. We you can you're not usually good people, but you can help us now. You can leverage their power. Yeah. With by the power of a mighty wave <laughs> of Karens, like millions upon millions of you are in the united states you're probably the country <laughs> with the most go fuck with moderna they like, go swamp their go swamp their their phone calls go like yell at their executives like make make their life hell just like they're making life hell in the global south by not making sure they have any vaccine also something moderna specifically has been very bulldogish about well I, I know why i said nhs because i have the uk on the brain because <laughs> this was also paired with another you can the brain is very dangerous. Yeah, it really, really is. Um, so many, so many English breakfasts rolling around in my head. So many English Brexits spilling my beans. All the jokes. Um, yeah, uh, seems like okay. Uh, make sure you guys are firmly in your seats. But <laughs> I'm strapped out, in. Turns out, money also influences politics over there. You're lying. MPs must be paid more to prevent lobbying scandals, says Tory MP. <laughs> now, I laugh, but this literally is the last amendment to the American Constitution, which was to pay people in government more so that they are less susceptible to, to uh, bribes. And, and wow, did that work. Well, this is... <laughs> once again, this is like that thing you post where it says, um, you're, you're the, the person you hate the most finally says something that's correct. And it's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, because by having well-paid public officials, it reduces the reliance on private money. So 
poorer regular people can See, afford to become politicians. Now, I think that used to be true. But I think people, I think there's been an acceleration. I think people are so insanely greedy now. You know, because the only people we like anymore are billionaires, now there is no amount of money you could pay to a public officials that would prevent them from still getting corrupt and bribed. No, you're not. Everyone wants to be insanely rich. You're not following my point there. I'm not talking about stopping corruption. That's going to happen no matter what. My point that I was referencing was that poor people people who want to become politicians generally cannot, not only because of the resources to even win their initial campaign, which is less of a problem in the UK where they don't have as elaborate a run-up. But the real issue is that like they may not have enough money to support their family because a lot of cases, politicians are not paid very well. But Um, as you just said, the game's already up. Because the initial money you need is not while you're governing, it's to campaign. Well, that's in the United States. The, the UK has much tighter election regulations about when you can spend money and how you can spend it and how you get public funding for it. So they actually have that much better figured out than we do. Yeah, but, but government officials are still well paid and have lots of other security, have, have insurance. Like Getting a government job is actually a very effective thing to do in, yeah, in yeah. pretty much any Western country. <clears throat> I guess what I'm saying is, for anyone who thinks like, Hey, you know, the U.S. president gets like $400,000 a year or whatever. Like, they're so rich. It's like, well, anyone who could become U.S. president could have made 100 times that doing something else. No, but uh, some yokel who became president is fine with 400000 a year. Exactly, which is why it's good. Like, you, you want it to be well – you want to be well financially compensated for doing a public service. If you're someone who has good politics and you want to run for office, you should never be like, I can't afford to do that. Um, it is very funny watching a headline that's like right-wing crank government official who's probably already on the take from six different – groups wants more money from the public fund like in this particular instance he's almost certainly just being a selfish asshole but generally speaking most people don't really understand the reason why it's good to maintain a well-paid bureaucracy or a well-paid um like political class and it's to make sure that the rich don't just own it with their own bribery which is yeah like yeah that's actually how it works i mean i think yeah the the barrier barrier to entry um, the accessibility argument is a good one, but you know the unfortunate truth is that no amount of reasonable salary can ever compete with with the intensive lobbying efforts. Of right, like the, the problem is the numbers are never going to line up unless people are getting paid thirty million dollars a year, like they're sports stars. The dark money will always win. But if means is is yeah, if means is is not as much an issue to becoming a politician, you know we might just happen to fall into more ethical, moral politicians, which would be nice. But well, you can also you can also prevent the other thing by saying like oh it's a felony. Well, yeah, receive, yeah, of course. You know any kind of campaign contribution over like ten dollars, and we will actually put you in prison and prevent you from ever running for office. You know, like, never be if we if we enforced an actual regime in either the U.S. or the U.K. that was like hey severe punishment to the point of you lose your whole career for taking that kind of cash. Well, people might think twice. But that never could happen. That never could be enforced. It would never be allowed to be enforced. It couldn't happen so long as the decision about whether it happens is left to a corrupt political class. Of course. But, but if there was like a sweeping know, referendum type election. In a veil election, of ignorance, it could happen. But we, that's not the world we live in. We have to if, deal with practical politics. If there was, for any reason, for any combination of factors of which history has shown plenty, a, a meaningfully, even just like liberal in the American sense, like, like center sort of sweeps to power on a reforming, progressive kind of premise, I could absolutely see there being like a 
we will never allow campaign contributions again. All that shit's over. Like that, that to me is not as extreme as any of like the Roosevelt reforms and he was able to get shit done. So I, I think that with the right candidates in the right positions, we could absolutely see that force through right now. Absolutely not. We can't even get like infrastructure done, but theoretically that's something that should be pretty high on our, we our priority. We can't even get Republican legislation passed. Yeah. Right now. The point is, if you want to actually make political change, it's not just like voting D. It's making sure that the people who get in office have the actual plans to do something like preventing, uh, you know, basically dark money or, or open bribery from affecting your political part process. This is, again, like this is kind of like a, li- like a reformist, like lib issue, but it's still true. Like it's still a huge problem. Um, and I think you can get a lot of people who don't even think of themselves as like leftists on board with saying, get the fucking money out of politics. Uh, and that would definitely help. It would definitely help if people didn't feel like, oh, I'm more beholden to Moderna than I am to the American public. Yeah, and I think recent examples like Cinema and Mantran being so so blatant about how beholden they are to corporate interests has has stoked a, a greater general ire uh, among political bases than we've seen in, in recent history. You know, I don't really, I don't think that will lead to any kind of immediate systemic change like like we're hoping for and discussing but i think it does show, show that there is some momentum to be harnessed there that people like people aren't entirely complacent to, to the natural disgust they should feel at such displays which is you know some hope there and it's also i mean we're swamped with it because it's been our whole lives and it's horrible but like it wasn't really that much of American history where this was the big issue. Like the, the robber baron era, they weren't even spending that much money on politics. Like they didn't think they had to. They just they didn't kind of need to. they just assumed that the political class okay, was always going to be their allies. Which is the reason the spending is this high currently is because capital feels they need this. To oh yeah, yeah, because they feel threatened because they realize that they're creating horrible living conditions that people are going to rise up. Otherwise, they have to keep them confused and docile and manipulated. So like what we're seeing is an extreme reaction by the enemy, so to speak, because they know that it's necessary because they know that they're playing a dangerous game in the first place so yeah i i think that even from just like a centrist lib reformist perspective this is an easy issue because very few people sit that like sit down at the dinner table it's like yes the politicians are underpaid and they need more bribe money like almost no one believes that even the right wing has like conspiracy theories about how the politicians are all on the take so yeah i think the vast majority of americans if we could rally around that would love to see the political class severed from that dark money uh, and, and back to being like they were more than 50 years ago and pretty much the rest of U.S. history. I mean, this is the K, but it's the same problem here of, if not worse, um, get the fucking corporate money out of politics that politicians aren't beholden to them so much. Yeah, that'd be cool. That would be cool. <laughs> um, I, I think I, I said that we were going to do a couple sets of paired articles, but I changed my mind because we're talking about money, and so let's let's go to money, and also to the once again the the, the root ethos of uh, misleadingly phrased headlines um, from CNBC. U.S. consumer prices jump six point two percent in October, the biggest inflation surge in more than thirty years. So um, there there are you know there are a number of things to talk about uh, in terms of of the in- intentional messaging why this is making news but first i just want to point out that this is like this is so misleading as to be basically a lie in that what they're actually saying um just because i i'm i've I'd read other articles on this subject is that it's a 6.2 percent increase from last october to this october 
Oh, this, so that's a, so this is a lie, right? It's just a, yeah. It makes it sound like it jumped in one month, which is yeah. literally how it's phrased. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is this is a lie. Mm-hmm. Um, but, to, you love to see it, but it, but even the premise is false. Just because people raise prices doesn't mean inflation's actually happening. No, if anything, uh, inflation is like a separate, overlapping problem with right, this problem. These are not even related. Um, so, so there's two different things at play here for those who don't follow like economics. Inflation's not money in the system. I barely do either. Like, I, I'm not going to explain this perfectly, but the the basic premise here is one of the things they could be talking about, and what it sounds like they're talking about is the value of the U.S. wage versus the cost of consumer goods. So, like, how much are you paid? at your job versus how much it costs to, you know, pay rent or buy groceries. The second question is what is the value of the dollar in an abstract sense relative to both other currencies and itself from a previous period of time? So like how much could your dollar buy you today versus last October, whatever the fuck they're talking about. So in other words, those are related issues, but they're not the same issue. In fact, they can directly affect each other. Um, and it's not even clear from this headline exactly which one they're talking about because they say inflation, but the first thing describes the purchasing power of like a worker's income versus the price of goods. So I don't really know, uh, which are, which are, unre- which are not directly related because inflation can have other effects like changing how much you, you know, the value of your debt is. Yeah. Or, I, I, I want to correct myself. Technically this is inflation because inflation is by definition, how much your dollar buys. So yeah. Yes. Prices go up means your dollar buys less, but, but they're acting like the cause is, somehow yeah. someone is held responsible for this. But just so, just so people understand the distinction between these two ideas in case it wasn't clear yet, the inflation since like 1970 has been what? Two or 300%, 400%. Whereas the rise in the cost of attending college has been like 2000%. So in that case, a consumer price, the cost of right. attending college has massively gone up relative to even inflation. And you wouldn't call that the, the college price go up inflation. Right. Those are two different ideas that are certainly related, but they're not the same idea. And this article says like half of the sentence is about one and half the sentence is about the other, which is really weird and confusing. Probably no, intentionally, though. It's, it's TNBC. They're in the business of obfuscating how money works. Yeah. I, I mean, I think they almost certainly phrased the first half as U.S. consumer prices to try to make people feel like this is a pressing issue because their consumers and the prices affect them in a direct way that they see every day um but yeah i i I saw a lot of headlines about inflation when i was trolling through news uh it was probably just a response to the infrastructure bill they just want to pretend that the government spending all this money will lead to inflation so don't do it that's my guess yeah and also as alex briefly touched on the fact that inflation (laughs) is is bad for uh, very wealthy debt holders because it devalues the debt that they own. Um, yeah, well, that's that's actually what I was going to get to. One of these helps the left, one of these helps the right. Yeah. Right, like purchasing power of workers relative to goods is a worker's issue because, you know, paying 80% of your income on rent instead of 20%, you know, over the last 50 years as the, as the price of rent has skyrocketed due to financial speculation of the housing market, that's a huge problem for working people because they can barely afford to even have a roof over their head. However, by contrast, if you have a huge spike in inflation, all of the debts that people have become less meaningful because the debt they owe is worth a smaller share of, of money. So, you know, for instance, in the, in the, in the late 19th century, the, uh, 
whatever they're called, the populists were literally running on a let's make more inflation happen uh, ticket because they thought it would help the farmers who owed a lot of debt to Eastern bank interests and capitalists. So inflation, generally speaking, harms wealthy people because it devalues the value of all their money. Except there, there's different yeah. kinds of inflation. Like, there can be asset inflation that's separate from... Well, I'm still, I'm still just talking about the concept of finance, you know, literally the dollar is inflation. Um, it's, 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 it doesn't always help. Like, definitely extreme inflation hurts everyone. But modest inflation, if anything, is good for working class people because they're the ones saddled with debts. So these are two different framings, one of which is about workers and the other which is about owners. And they're being wedged together, presumably to make workers think they care about the things that actually help owners. Uh, consumer prices being higher than wages comparatively over time is very bad for working people. Inflation in a moderate amount over time is almost always good for working people. So these are, this is an intentionally manipulative framing. Yeah, and it's it's uh, you know it's a a solution to make um, inflation less concerning to the the working class. Uh, raise their wages, like you should be doing anyway, is to keep right. keep up with with inflation. But I, I'm, I, I could hazard a guess that CNBC is not uh, with the same kind of persuasive, misleading framing, uh, documenting the the current struggles of of strikers working for such ends. But that's just a guess, you know. They could surprise me, right? No. Yep, that's the answer. You, you get a hundred points. Moving on. Okay. Um. So, uh, the. You know, COP26, the UN Climate Change Conference, uh, is this week. And uh, I found a couple articles from there. And I'm curious about your guys' takes on them because I think that they are, they are definitely, uh, the headlines are written in a way that, that could uh, suggest some pretty um, pernicious messaging. But I think there also are some uh, genuine concerns and, and valuable discussions that could be had off of them. So I'm curious if you see it the same way or if it's just kind of the, the negative and I'm being too too optimistic. But um, this is what the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal has decided to write off of the the topic of, uh, of climate change progress. Uh, the first from the New York Times is, here's how Mexico can clean up its dirty energy industry. <laughs> And the, the just, just saying it. The second one is their illegal immigrant energy from Wall Street Journal. Yeah. Yep. Holy shit. South Africa can't afford to quit coal. Will rich countries pay for their transition? <laughs> oh man, that is a that is fascinating. South Africa that, is pre-op. Right. They're framing it like they're fucking trans. What the fuck? Holy shit, Wall Street Journal is evil genius. Are they, or is that, is that just our fucked up brains? No. Because transition is still a word that exists. No, but this is like saying pay for the abortion. This is absolutely <laughs> loaded language. It's a, it's a weird word It is choice. weird, I agree. Um, I mean, saying we, we have fucked up word associations goes without saying, but I think that in this case it's a more generalizable. Yeah. So, thoughts? <sighs> This is remember like literally in our very first episode, it's like Xi Jinping's dirty coal has tainted yeah. America. It's <laughs> it's very, very common to shit on other countries because it's like, look, they're not using as efficient uh power setup usually. Um therefore, like us good responsible polluters in the United States who only use, you know, 
10 times as much water or 100 times as much water as they do and, you know, put out more pollution per person than almost yeah. anything. Singular, singular bureaus outclass yeah. entire countries. We're the good ones. We when we pollute, which we do more than anyone else, it's good pollution. There's his dirty coal. We put out freedom vapor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This really has more in common with the French fry versus freedom fry. Like Holy anything shit. we do, even if it's identical technology, we pretend it's good. And anything that and other people do who we don't like, even if it's the same thing we do, we pretend it's bad. It's like this is so childish. Oh, yeah, Trump and Biden were both running on like let's reopen coal. <laughs> I, right, let's let's renegotiate the negotiation you know, with Canada and Mexico for energy. They were both in Appalachia, like glad-handing miserable people who were all like been unemployed for twenty years. Like we're going to reopen the coal mines, Jack. That, that was that was like a that was a campaign promise for both sides. We're going to make sure some of your friends get the black lung. Yeah. Um, who who is this American group that doesn't like dirty energy? We built the pipeline. We're exploiting every natural resource we can. We're fracking. We're starting coal up again. What? Since when did we stop? I don't know. These are yeah. both U.S. papers. That's the reason I say it because it's like it's it. The contrast is obviously versus the West, but it's like America's like the dirtiest fucking country of any of them. It's a dirty dog. Also, South Africa is relatively rich compared to other African nations and neighbors. Yeah. So they can fuck off about that part. Like, how about we all quit? How about we all transition to green energy? Well, Holy Christ, it's not that complicated. Well, that's the that's the why, thing. Why why do South American countries sell uh, make drugs to sell to America? Why do South American countries uh, use dirty energy to give to America? You fucking dipshits! Oh my God! Can America kick Afghanistan's opium addiction? It's like right and make it. Like, Oh, oh no! You, consuming. You've willed I'm like that. turning it to the Hulk right now. You've willed that Atlanta into existence, Alex. Uh, yeah, it, it basically has already happened. Oh, uh, this, uh, I just yeah. want to. I just want to rephrase. Um, only the second one is actually one that I think I thought might uh, actually have a, a value, valuable kernel to it, and that's just that. Um, yeah, if we if we want a a global movement towards clean energy. Um, you know, we, we we have to think about the ways in which we can subsidize it for countries that can't afford the the kind of uh, upfront cost of transitioning from whatever energy they're using to to clean energy. Um, this is also a loaded way to smuggle in a whole lot of other bullshit. You know, we always make oh oh well they're a developing country, so they're farther behind. Oh oh South Af South Africa. Well, we know what happened there. Like this is a way to kind of throw this onto Mandela. It's a way to say, like, well, it's apartheid's fault why they're behind. Like, this is ugh, so gross. The the way in which American papers pretend that they do foreign policy is fucked up. I also point out, like, I, I'm as green as the as the next leftist, but South Africa has like forty percent unemployment right now. There's there's a, there's some issues that are a little more pressing there than whether they quit coal. Like the, they're having like gang shootings in major cities for every phone. every day for basically basic sustenance. Like the country's falling apart. There's like they're 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 barely on the func like level of a functioning state. They're starting to become a failed state, and not just like our jokey like a state sucks, but like in a clinical academic sense, they're on the edge of becoming a failed state. And, and, and as what I was saying before, all the people with money there are fleeing. Yeah, I don't think that their concern right now is like what's our carbon output. 
their concern is can we hold power can we retain power as a state as opposed to you know non-state actors that are essentially like terror groups i i don't think their concern is coal i could be wrong yeah but yeah uh, exactly and and yeah it's just be with this, this is as I think Jason has already said, and you have basically just said, this is just an easy way to point the finger while not offering a, a helping hand in any way, even if South Africa does or does not need a helping hand. Um, you know, it, it, like, like the thing to do might be like, hey, yeah, we see we see your country is going through a traumatic division and, uh, <laughs> and degradation. It's a clippy pop-up. How, how about we help you create an expansive jobs program that somehow ties into a clean energy initiative that would solve both problems to some extent. And yeah. then it's just Wall Street Journal goes burr, which I think I say go burr every, every episode. Yeah. You really like that one. I, do. I, I think the fact you paired it with the Mexico one's almost exactly right, which is like, let's take a poorer Southern country and say, here's what you're fucking up. And it's like America just kind of enjoys pointing to other people's problems. Cause then we're not looking at our problems. Mm-hmm. Um, like Mexico also has plenty of things to worry about that are probably more pressing in the immediate sense for them than whether or not they're using coal or whatever the fuck they're accusing them of. But again, this is not to say that the world should not reduce, uh, carbon output. Obviously it needs to as fast as possible, but that has to be led by the biggest polluters, which is the U S and other industrialized countries. I have to stress the countries with the biggest populations like India and China and whatnot are not the world's biggest polluters. It's Western countries because Western country, it basically has to do with how industrialized your country is and a heavily industrialized country with a large affluent consumer population, relatively speaking, they're absolutely the biggest polluters per capita at the very least a mid tier of like they're doing some pollution, but not as bad as us. But we, we always start with like the lowest possible easy targets because it's like what are they going to do complain south africa can't really do anything to the u.s mexico can't really stop the u.s I mean, we spent four years saying like mexicans are rapists and we need to build a wall because how gross you are and mexico's just like please stop please stop doing this like what are they going to do the u.s is the juggernaut of the world so they they just kind of have to suffer our abuse both literally and metaphorically as we deflect our own problems onto them and they're lucky to have our scored uh, it's probably the next outfit coming from the, from the New York Times. Um, but uh, in another seamless transla- transition, we're not the only ones feeling extreme outrage. Uh, writers at Slate also are. The Supreme Court's latest gun case made a mockery of originalism. Originalism? Oh, God. Every time we do a court one now, I start depressed. Yeah, so, we got we have to we have to have a what's I, there's a joke here. We have to put a what do they call it a court when you like pause a case uh, a temporary stay. Yeah, we have to put a stay on on court case story, or at least just keep this amicus brief. Yeah, there it is. That was better. I uh, there as we discussed pre episode. There are, there are a lot of court articles that would have, would have made you all a lot more depressed. These, these, episodes oh, I'm are, sure. these episodes are full of court packing. It's just the Supreme Court is so fucked. Like, remember, remember when it was like a 5-4 court for most of history and uh-huh. everyone was like, can we get the swing person to... Ch-? It's 6-3. It's, it's fucked. It can't and be won. I was like, please, madam, may I have a vaguely liberal ruling? Yeah, can, can someone seduce Amy Coney Barrett and make her into a liberal? Not, no. Stop! It's not going to happen! <laughs> Stop trying to make it a thing. Jesus! Uh, they're right. still trying! 
so so the obviously i i chose this because uh originalism at least i think is complete trash to begin with so oh yeah yeah, yeah. Who the fuck how the fuck do you make a mockery of it um so let's just speed run this this uh depression deadline i also included um well, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no, no. I don't think I don't think average people know what that is. So, for people who aren't like nerds, originalism Excuse in the me. Supreme Court context means doing what they claim is what the founding fathers would have wanted regarding a law. So, Not, it's, you, know, you know, adapting to time. What would Thomas Jefferson have thought about child porn on the internet? No. It, it's just it's they're trying to extrapolate like their D and D headcanon about the founding fathers to interpret their whim 250 years later to figure out how we need to resolve problems in the 21st century. So if my scornful description did not make it clear, it's asinine because there's no way to know. There's no way to know. They're just making shit up. They're just having fun, like role playing George Washington. I, I put something useful in the, in the chat. This is a definition for faux regionalism and I will read it. Noun, a legal philosophy for answering questions about the Constitution's meaning that purports to be uh, retain, restrained by the original understanding of the Constitution's words, but that enables its adherents to elevate their own views by selectively following only some of the Constitution rather than the text, history, and values of the whole Constitution, or by otherwise distorting the Constitution's meaning. So basically, it's someone gets to pretend that what they believe is what Jefferson believed, right. and they just say that. Yeah, and and I I did read this, um, and it's funny because that's basically what this person complains about, is that that's what conservative uh, justices are doing, as if there's a a much purer, more uh, reliable version of. Re of <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, because there's there's two takes of this, right? There's the there's the left take, which is that they're all hack frauds. That every single one of them is just pushing their own bullshit. They interest. are. They are all and, and, then, and then there's the centrist take, which is like the Republicans do this. The, the, the nice, good Democratic justices never bend the law to their. We preference. just talked about how bad RBG was. Yeah. Like, she did this to a fucking T. Right, but she's she's run RBG. She's 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 like an untouchable god in the view of the average person. You know what I'm doing? I'm bashing her in this episode too. Oh no, on RBG. <laughs> yeah, the, unfortunately. The, the sort of cult of the American state is extremely hot right now because the sort of lib resistance crowd thought it was the way to beat Trump. So there was a huge resurgence in like a people's perception in that group of like the value of the FBI and the CIA, of the utility of the Supreme Court, of the value of like deep state institutions. Basically just saying like we need to rely on these institutions to protect us from the bad Trump who's the deviation. But the reality is the institutions have sucked since almost the founding of the country, and that's the reason why we get things like Trump, is because they suck and they didn't prevent it, because they were not particularly well put together in the first place. So all of this lib love for institutions like the Supreme Court, it's like, I bet you, bet you wish you didn't do that, huh? Now that it's completely stacked by far-right radicals. Well, also, it's too late. That's their whole ideology. As a culture, pretty much everyone has come around to acknowledging that the founders were dumb racist elite psychos deranged like why do we want what they envisioned for america how about what we want for america holy shit why are we beholden to these corpses <laughs> well i like that i like that phrase 
The it's top ten richest founding fathers who are dead. Yeah. It's yeah. our world. We get to make it what we want. We, well, don't that's a, do, yeah. we don't need to do things for dead people. They're dead. I mean, the, the U.S. Constitution is foundationally conservative in its premise, which is future generations are going to be very heavily restricted and bound by the preferences of a small male white landholding slave group of people. Like the 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 the, the founding fathers are some of the least representative of the U.S. public. Uh, in Even then, they provided be. at least some caveat by giving mechanisms by which you can change and adapt it. And even then, we don't take advantage of it. Right. Ah, fuck. So the Constitution is is not a particularly democratic document, as we discussed in previous episodes. Only really the House of Representatives follows a normal democratic procedure. Almost everything else is stacked for the rich and the elites uh, by design, because they didn't trust the public and they didn't trust democracy. So they gave it the sort of third minoritarian position in this scheme. So to over to overhype the value and importance of the U.S. Constitution is a sort of fetish that has been confusedly adopted by even the center of our politics, even though it does not serve the interests of most people to do that. The entire premise of the Supreme Court is to interpret the will of long dead assholes to determine problems they could never have understood and which even if they did understand, they would have bad takes on. We're basically letting like the, the oldest grandpas on Twitter who are also deceased determine whether or not we can have like healthcare. What would George Washington think of net neutrality? Fuck, shut the fuck up. <laughs> right, who cares? Move forward, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And just just a note to to highlight another term that that you can pick up on listeners if you're not already aware. Textualism is basically the same thing when people use it. So yeah, also, yeah, also just yeah. keep all this in mind if you see that in any writing. Or uh, Te- textualism is sort of like originalism, except they want to claim that it's just from the text as opposed to from interpreting the spirits. Yeah. Like and a, a lot of the early cases. You want to make it clear yeah. that you're literate too. Yeah, it's like saying, "Oh, I'm not, it's not just about what they thought. It's it's also about really just read a deep textual reading of the documents." Uh, yeah, it's, it's like people who think numerology's in the Bible. I mean, fuck off. This is this is the cult of, of of the American state, and the reason why people love it is because, as Jason mentioned, with like the faux originalism, it's it's a form of obscuritanism that allows them to do evil things under the pretext of legitimacy. So when you say like, "I want to p- make a horrible evil policy." And I'm not even a lawmaking body. I'm a fucking court. But I'm going to somehow get away with that and say that it was all like neutral because I, I just I just read the text. right? It's just a very obvious way of veiling what you're doing behind this claim of legal authority. But, you know, when you like restrict women's abortion rights or, or sentence people to die, you're doing an evil thing. It doesn't really matter whether you're hiding behind the text. But it's very important to a lot of centrists that you're hiding behind the text when you do evil. And at the end of the day, like this is why centrists are not helpful, like because they they're okay with evil as long as the process was followed, and this is not it's still evil. Like stop, but but they don't. They they really love when you're like, hey, there's nothing we could have done. The text said we had to, you know, sterilize gay people or all the instructions to a team. Um. So I, I think we've we've reached the correct conclusion based off this headline, but this this line towards the end of the article did catch my eye. I'm just going to read it out now as I, as I post it in chat. There is nothing inherently wrong with Republicans and their Federalist Society-groomed justices supersizing the Second Amendment. The left got its supersized rights in the 1960s. Oh, my God. Now it's the right's turn. What are you fucking talking about? Oh, my God. Civil rights was supersizing the First yeah. Amendment? This person is comparing the Civil and Voting Rights Acts of the 60s. I, I couldn't it's believe the this. The Second Amendment is about a militia. Shut the fuck up. It's already been supersized from the get-go. 
Yeah, remember when black people got their big gulp of amendments in the 1960s? <laughs> oh my god. What the fuck this? is this language? Who wrote this? I'm now I I was just gonna, I was trying to calm down. I was doing like serenity now in my head. But Jesus Christ. Six three Republican Supreme Court, I'm loving it. I'm glad you guys reacted the same way because this blew me away. That... This is just whataboutism from the from the fuck from Slate. You remember how when good people get something, evil people have to get something to be fair? Like, this is like this is like Sau- Saruman. Yeah, it's like it's well, it's not fair. They made a fellowship. Yeah, Ro- Rohan got to farm for a lot of years. Why can't the orcs eat them alive? What the fuck? Yeah, this person—it's it's orcs turn. This American citizen descended from people that we ripped from their homes and brought across the sea is now considered slightly more human. human. So how about these people get whatever gun they want hidden down there? Jorts or whatever. Is, it, is this an article written by RBG? Because that's what it feels. Holy crap! It's her, her last will and testament. Her last will and testament. Fuck you, black people. You're not re- grateful enough. Um. Yeah. So, so this is the disdain that most actual people in positions of power, especially talking about the court, feel for the American public. But like, when when they actually get like a trivial thing that they should have had in the first place, like basic human rights and not being lynched, that's a supersized gulp of rights instead right, of just the thing not- they should have started from. It's not just disdain. It's total disillusionment and delusion from understanding what these factional interests are. This is not the Democratic Republicans and the Federalists arguing about little factional. This is not, John, you know, John Jay and, and fucking John Adams making yeah. little arguments about what, oh, well, this little group, and the, they'll fight for this thing and they'll fight for that thing. We're yeah. talking about human rights. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, all they were talking about was like, does John Adams have the right to call Thomas Jefferson's mother a cunt? Like, that's what they covered at that oh time. God. It is false equivalency to a, a degree that sent me into space. How, how come the third through 27th amendments never get brought up? How come it's only ever the first and second ones? Boring. Boring. Lame. Oh, yeah. shit. Because most people can't read more than two lines of the Constitution before giving up, even though it's like the easiest document we could possibly have. It's so fucking short and obvious. When literally, literally. Literally, it's a constitutional convention. All the big brain founders came together and said, all right, we're going to write this document so simple that even little brain plebs will be able to understand it. Like, if you if you have some trouble digesting, you could probably finish the Constitution while you're just on the toilet. Like, you, the amount of time it takes to actually read the American Constitution is fuck all. I suggest everyone do it just so that you know how fucking garbage it Everyone is. has a pocket Constitution that you get from fucking school. Just read it. It's tiny. It's so simple. But most people don't know it, so they don't know. They After, like, two amendments, they're like, ah, eh, this is boring. Also, the amendments read the actual constitution part well yeah that shit matters a lot but the the other part of this insane line which is probably one of the most insane things you post which i guess is fair because it's not a headline so they could give some detail they're implying that the left and the right are almost like people it's like hey he got what he needed now i you know now it's my turn to get a slice of unhappy marriage we're like well the wife got you know dish duty one day less so why doesn't the dad get like a you know better another sunday when you extrapolate what they're talking about saying well black people got basic civil and human rights to some degree in the 60s so now it's t- time for women to lose access to abortion but what those aren't those aren't even related premises like the, the let's assume that supreme court tries to get rid of roe v wade which is obviously what they've been building towards for decades that has nothing to do with whether black people got civil rights it's literally just fucking over a different group of vulnerable people which is to say women <laughs> The, 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 I mean, women's civil rights have not really been improved very much since like the 19 teens when suffrage was oh, enacted. Yeah, 20s, yeah. Um, other than Roe v. Wade itself, 
they didn't get a lot recently. So if they undo Roe v. Wade, they're undoing the one big gulp they supposedly got then. What? 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 Yeah, I'm. I'm. Every part of this is madness. It's it's evil. It's stupid. It's incoherent. I just just got crit. I mean, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. This is real bad. Maximum damage. I guarantee you, this person thinks they're like a lib. No, they think they're neutral. They think they're above it all. That's what I mean. Like that they're like an enlightened centrist. Uh, but this is this is surprised if Hillary Clinton wrote this. This is the problem more than almost anything else with centrism. Saying we need the orcs to get equal rights as the people, like we we need evil to have an equal number of victories as good, is completely insane for very obvious reasons. You know how literally all fiction is about good overcoming evil. Apparently, not in reality, because apparently evil evil needs to have fifty percent airtime, and evil it's- needs fairer representatives for them. Doing the right thing has been doing too well recently. We have to do more evil. Politics is not about people. It's a, it's a game. We're keeping. And for all those who are like, oh, you guys just hate Republicans. Democrats are also evil. But what hum- But you know what's not evil? Human rights. Yeah. Well, m- most Democrats and, and most Republicans. There's, there's always a, f- a few exceptions. But the 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 reality of this like position <laughs> that they're taking is they don't have a politics like they they're not saying here's what should be done they're saying okay now children on the here's left and the is. right you have to play together in this playground so all right if you want to have basic human rights then uh, they have to cancel some human rights that's just how it works play nice kids it's this patronizing horseshit as if they're like the mom who's telling their kids to get along even though one of those kids is like trying to shiv the other one in the throat right but, they, but exactly but what you're talking about with kid, this is why it's a, it's a not a good equivalency that Aiden was saying what they're acting like is Timmy and Jimmy aren't sharing. But those aren't the stakes of actual politics. The stakes are, as you just said, Timmy wants to murder Jimmy and Jimmy wants to play with the fire truck. I mean, in the next Republican administration, when the Supreme Court rules that like trans people can be hunted for sport, I don't think it's going to help them to say like the 60s were pretty good though, right? Well, you know, this is, this is just like the Skullduggery podcast where, where they had Matt and, and uh, uh, not Felix, uh, Tex, uh, can't remember his name. Like, the stakes aren't, it's not, well, they're just little disputes. No, it's, I don't want toxic sewage on me. And the corporations say, I want to dump toxic, toxic sewage on you. These are not equivalent moral claims. God, this is so upsetting. It's this is so the, upsetting the that people think this way. It's the trolley car where they're like, okay, we have to send the car, trolley car down both tracks. Like, we did, the only we did one track, now we have to do the other, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, it, it wouldn't be right if we only killed one person, so we have to kill six people. It, it, it's maximally stupid because it's not only evil it doesn't even understand it's not even productive evil it's not like okay here's why we need to do this it's it's an idiotic devotion to the premise of of finding the midpoint between two positions no matter how evil they are uh, so I, you have to compromise with hitler kill half the jews that's the enlightened centrist position on the holocaust like, I, I don't know what else to say it, it is so asinine and so morally bankrupt that the people who hold this, like, sniffing their own farts and saying that, like, they're, they found the third way, uh, you know, honestly, are some of the most despicable people in the country, maybe even reports of Republicans. That's a good analogy, Alex. I'm going to rewrite that sentence in the context you just gave it. Yeah. There is nothing inherently wrong with Nazis and their Nazi doctors, uh, their do- Nazi doctor-groomed justices supersizing, you know, the power of their military. The Jews got its supersized rights in the 40s. Right. So it's now the right's turn. 
Shut the fuck up. It makes no sense. If you extrapolate to any issue of, of moral clarity, you would go, oh, that's horrific. Good, good got too much, so you know, evil needs to win now? I don't, okay. I don't know if Aiden's going to bring it up, the Gosar, Paul Gosar tweet. But like, no, the, for those who don't know, Paul Gosar is one of these psycho Republicans in the House. Uh, he recently tweeted a, a edited clip of Attack on Titan, where he's the main character, and he's killing AOC, who's a Titan. Um, it's one of the most disgusting and insane things ever done by someone in Congress. Uh, and yeah. most people are just calling for him to be fired, but some people are calling him for him to be arrested, and I agree with them. Sorry, Mister. What, what was the thing he did? He tweeted, you know, remember when Trump tweeted the gif of him doing wrestling on CNN? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul Gosar tweeted, Paul Gosar, by the way, is like eight siblings who all campaigned against him. Uh, yeah. for his opponent. Oh, it's that guy! Yeah. <laughs> so he tweeted an image, a clip from Attack on Titan, which is an openly fascist anime, by the way, for people who are, who are not sure. The big twist is that the big twist the is that out. Attack on Titan's fascist. Um, but Weird. he tweeted an image where he's the guy on the with the swords and the cool flying trap, you know, uh, like acrobatic stuff, killing a Titan version of AOC, who in by your by the way, the Titans are are mind wiped essentially Jews. Who were turned into mindless killing machines? All right. Well, now I understand why I was deeply disturbed by even the brief amount of that I watched. But the reason I bring it up is because he's like, "Oh, it's just appalling. This, there's no moral stakes here. This isn't the serious incitement. What this guy just wrote in his last sentence is an incitement of violence. Well, the right wing gets to get more access to guns to kill people with because the left got stuff. Fuck off. You're an evil person." You know, homeowners have had it too good. I think it's time for them to become homeless. It's their turn right, to be what homeless. The fuck? The take take any issue and extrapolate this logic and you go, what is wrong with this person? And you know it's wrong because they their their brain is dead. Because their their vision of the world is just find midpoints between things and say that's the solution. This is they, this is like, all right, we're actually gonna cut the baby in half. Like, did you, did you, did you not understand the moral of the story? Well, the right wing—the right wing wants everyone to die of COVID. The left wing wants the whole world to be vaccinated. The uh, enlightened centrist position: just vaccinate the West, and that's what we did. It's literally what we always do. But voluntarily, we yeah, we we vaccinate the West and we let the global South suffer and die, and then eventually cook up new versions of the disease that fuck us anyway, because that's the centrist position. But only as much of the West as they want. Yeah, and, and not and it, the people who actually want it in the rest of the world. The fact that the the, the sort of centrist position is always like this haughty we're the smartest people in the room when it's actually one of the most like insanely ineffective and evil things you could do is what i think makes it the most repugnant god republicans are just like hi i'm a clown i'm evil it's like well yeah own it if you're a centrist you're evil own it deal with it say what you are because this is nuts <sighs> so I will. And, oh, sorry. I should mention American centrist, which basically means far right to everyone else. I mean, yes, of course. If you're a centrist in Europe, you're probably fine. It, it is important to reiterate fairly right now. If you're a centrist in Europe, you just want like capitalism regulated. If you're centrist, cool. if you're centrist in Europe, you're Bernie Sanders. So like, <laughs> I mean, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about like social democrats. Yes. Keep in mind. Yes, we talk about global politics, but when we are channeling our ire in a Godzilla-like nuclear beam, we're pretty much talking about American politics as a stance. Yeah, that's that's what we're referring to. We're, I don't have any problem with like social democracy. Oh, I just have some, but it's so I'm gonna, I'm gonna phrase this next bit so that I cannot be held culpable for <laughs> any further misery. Right. Uh, I'll I'll let you choose your own poison. Pick your own poison. Um, so he, I'll, I'll give you four options. Uh, they are, uh, COVID, 
Crypto, carceral, or cops. Wait, what was the third one? Carceral. Prisons. Oh. Well, we already talked about the cop summit, so maybe we should do cops. I vote crypto. So now you have to break the vote, Aiden. Ha ha! It's your Okay, can I recast my vote? Anything but crypto. <laughs> I will take any second pick you want. Jeff. Fine, we'll do the cop one. Let's shit on cops. They deserve it. All right. Arguably, arguably the most depressing of all of them, but yeah, you did choose, so... I'm going to lay in this bed. How could I have done this? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, this is from the, the Philadelphia... It can't be worse than the last one. Inquirer. Two teens were charged with murder in the police shooting that killed an eight-year-old girl at a high school football game. All right, it's worse. It's pretty fucked up. Right, let, me, let me see if I understand this correctly, because that my brain just like exploded. Two teens who are not the police mm-hmm. were charged with murder at the police shooting where the police killed a girl. Correct. My guess is the teens were running away from police. Yeah, and the police, instead of arresting them, tried to shoot them and killed. A, a, when when the police spray fired, you know, assault weapons at a fleeing pair of teens and killed a child, that's really the teens. I, I'm going to change my vote. Let's not do this story. <laughs> I I don't want to mislead, so I, I I I I was it was so bizarre that I I read the subheading and the article at least claimed that the teens were already in were already in a gunfight with each other. Um, and it sounds like this is a case of of them being charged with felony murder for not actually injuring the girl at all, but you know. Inst- so this is this is one of the random encounters in GTA Five, where you're okay. driving around and then you see you hear cops and you're like, wait, I don't have any stars, and the cops are chasing someone else, and if you. if you let the cars get close yeah. enough, they get out of the car and start shooting at the cops. The cops start shooting I mean, at them, and bystanders could get shot. Okay, but who killed Hannibal? Like, who killed the girl? The cops. The cops. Yeah, so how is it not their fault? I don't because, understand. Like, you know that very awesome story where like um some criminal broke into some like was like did some robbery and then broke into this person's house and then the yeah. cops brought in like a tank and b- blew up the house yeah, to yeah, arrest yeah. the guy and, yeah. and the guy whose house was like so you can replace my house nah no. <laughs> because cops can't yeah. be charged to the criminal for yeah. anything they do. While trying to arrest people, like, yeah, you know all the all the movies where there's a car chase where yeah. like the cops blow up like a hundred times more civilians. The cops yeah, yeah, the cop becomes the highway that. scene in the second Matrix. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cops like, aren't held responsible for that. It's when that's they, on the criminal. Dispose, the criminal gets charged with all the additional shit crimes that the cops do in service of trying to arrest them. It's like when they when they took fireworks from a guy who was selling them illegally or whatever, and then disposed of them and blew up a city block in like L.A. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was awful. <laughs> cops are hilarious. I mean, they charged that guy. Oh I my was, god! And I was just reading for a different thing. I almost don't want to use an article because it's too dark. So I, I might as well talk about it now. Um, <laughs> in the in the Ahmed Arbery case, which I was reading about because it tied into some of these other uh, yeah. police killings, yeah. Black Lives Matter issues. I the details were basically they saw a black guy jogging. They assumed he must have done the burglary that they were thinking about because he's a black guy who was running at speed. So they cornered him and shot him to death. <laughs> like it's like. Even besides the racism and even besides the like insane cruelty of it, the cops basically described like having this guy dead to rights, like they knew he couldn't get away. Why'd they kill him? Right? Like the police are using lethal violence in situations oh, wait, wait, they already no, 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 are winning. No, no, no. Aren't the wait, am I thinking of a different case? Isn't the Armored Aubrey one where he where people who weren't cops killed him and the cops just didn't save him? Yeah, it was some, uh, some guy and his son. They weren't active duty police. 
maybe I'm thinking of a different case, but I'm I'm pretty sure it's the Ahmed Arbery case. Oh, there, I was just I'll, I'll look up the I'll look up the article in a, in a bit, but the basically the police were just saying, um, we had him cornered, he couldn't get away, even though again it's not the right person anyway, but a guy who they thought had just done a burglary, which is not a violent crime, is then killed because they think he's a criminal and they need to get him. But this kind of Wild West attitude of, like, lethal violence is justified against criminals. Well, first of all, only in cases where your life is threatened is there any legal precedent for that. Like, if they have to use violence, which is not, almost never the case. And two, you don't have to do it. Like, you, you could very easily capture people and then d- determine it. You don't even know if they're criminals yet because they haven't had a trial. So, so the sort of the wild police willingness to start shooting themselves, well, start shooting as well, is so insane and it's just this cowboy shit it's just police want to shoot things they, they they enjoy it they want to feel like they're superheroes saving the day and it's like you're just killing people it doesn't matter why you're killing people at the end of the day very few things you're stopping could be worse than what you're doing you're not stopping a mass shooting you're just like shooting someone who's probably the wrong person anyway and even if it is the right person it's like well okay they stole a tv and you murdered them so who's the villain one of these crimes is bigger because they always do this, and they're like, "Well, was it was it a criminal?" As if that was the question. Doesn't matter if they're criminals. Stop shooting them. The thing I find really funny is the prototypical right wing criticism of like black people is, "Well, look at the South Side of Chicago. Gang violence leads to innocent bystanders getting shot." Except, you know, reverse Uno. This time, the two idiots shooting at each other didn't kill anyone, and the cops who intervened killed the innocent bystander. So it's like they can't even get their own tropes right. Sorry, I think in the Arbery case it was it was like one of them was an off-duty cop or something. It wasn't yeah, it was so off-duty cop and his son. They were it, not- it, is, it is an intermediate position. The, it, police involved, but not explicitly the police. Yeah. It's kind of rare. Still, yeah. people who feel emboldened to use weaponry. To yeah. act like we're living in Deadwood and you could just go around with a pistol on your side and if someone looks at you wrong, you could slice their fucking throat. Yeah. It's not how a civilized society works. Exactly. We have laws, we have society, civilized structures, we have courts. Courts exist to solve this. Stop so, taking justice into your own hands. So often the, the question uh, obsessively becomes, did they do this? Did they not do that? Yeah, it's never the question of, does that justify them being killed? Is that what this is supposed to be? Is that supposed to right. be the, the way things work? Because, like, I, I, I mean, it doesn't matter to me at all um you know if you're if you're cashing fake checks obviously you don't deserve to die but even if you broke into a home and robbed it you don't deserve to die that's not justice the justice system system is supposed to be even even in the the horribly vindictive um framework we have right now it's supposed to be about fair judgment about commensurate justice ideally it should be about rehabilitation but even now what 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 the the you know what the the rhetoric put forward is is that it's at the very least you are held accountable um, and face punishment uh, adjusted to your acts. But no, it, it's just what for police it's 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 kill or or don't kill. And I don't think there's a lot of statutes where burglary is punishable by execution. You would you'd be US. surprised, right? If you read yeah, the it news. happens all the time. Yep. The the, uh, per, the ratio of like shoplifters to getting killed is insane. It's just we don't we don't need it. Like the 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 burden to society represented by petty theft 
is not only far less than the burden of, say, wage theft, which is vastly, vastly outstrips this kind of theft, but it's just not a big enough deal to justify murder. Like, murder is a far more, both from just a, even just an economic standpoint, a far more expensive thing for a society to deal with than the, the petty theft that goes on. And from an ethical perspective, it's not even a question. Murder is obviously one of the most heinous things that can happen. Having that occur by officers of the state because they want to stop a guy from like stealing a Snickers, which happens more often than you'd like, which is to say at all. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know why anyone sitting down in like a rational position thinking about these problems could be like, hey, if he did the crime, time for him to be shot. But that's like American public opinion, especially on the right, has basically just decided any crime is punishable by death if you resist arrest Correct. or if you're if you're trying to flee. Do we have any like giant potato stories or something? <laughs> Why? Well, I, mean, I mean, you did post a picture of Scalia. It's all been so uplifting. I, f- I feel like uh, who's the main character from Deus Ex? Jensen. I'm like, I yeah, never I asked know. for this. Like, this is brutal. I'm getting. I'm getting involved. Like, I didn't consent to these news stories. You need to tough it up, because <laughs> this ain't changing week by week. All right, what's 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 going um, down the pipe? No, no, I'll, I'll, preparing I'll, my anus. I'll give you a I'll give you a softball. Um, we'll return to uh to the eastern continent uh, of Asia. I believe this this is from Singapore. Um. Arrest warrant issued for teen accused of backflipping into rhino enclosure after he fails to wake up for court. <laughs> so he he slept backflip. What? So he backflipped and then I guess. Wait, so the crime is doing sick flips. Yeah. And the arrest warrant is because he didn't show up to court for doing sick flips. Except Correct. that the grammar of the sentence makes it seem like he did the backflip while asleep into a rhino enclosure. <laughs> That's pretty sick. Alex, Which, this grammar takes. I'm just saying, fix your fucking shit. You, you, have, one you have one job. You have They're one job. You have one job. Grammar right. Make a coherent sentence. <laughs> There's no time. We gotta find this guy. This is a great story. I love it. Man, doing sick flips at rhinos. Dude's already taking his life into his own hands. Apparently, um. And let me guess, he's a social media influencer. <laughs> I don't know, but I just arrest warrant out for TikTok. Yeah, it looks like he's on Snapchat, so he probably he probably is. Um, looks like he also killed a frog. What? I don't know. Like a monster. What is uh, this, Logan Paul? He went to some zoo or something. The, the Asian Logan Paul. Oh, he killed a frog like like he assassinated the frog <laughs> like it was an intentional choice. He, he didn't just like fuck around and land on it or something. I don't know. I I just uh, <laughs> he, he did a sick flip onto it. Yeah, I, that's what I assumed they meant. Like he it's landed like those, on a frog. One of those crushing videos that the crazy Catholic was complaining about. He's lucky the fucking rhino didn't kill him. <laughs> Rhinos are pretty fucking ornery and extremely dangerous. Apparently, they respected his uh, his gnarliness. <laughs> they were like, "Man, that guy's an idiot." Like, get yeah, away that, guy, that guy could kickflip. You don't want to fuck with him. Um, so I, I, it, this we'll is a tricky. This is a tricky <laughs> sentence. I, I think I've got the wording that they could have used. Um. Teen who backflipped into rhino enclosure has an arrest warrant issued for him after he fails to wake up for court. That would be the grammatical way to make this make sense. You could also just break into two sentences. Teen that is also possible. For doing sick flips at rhinos. Yeah. He didn't show up for court, so now there's an arrest warrant for him. Right. right. Well, that's, well, that's an even easier way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just saying, because I, I don't want to do like a grammar Nazi thing for its own sake, but if you didn't understand 
what happened. It's kind of important. I, I want to see the judge like roll out the scroll of the crime he's charged with. Yeah, this like this is this is a Monty Python sketch. You can't do sick flips into rhino enclosures. Well, it, I love it. I don't got to find art for this. I don't know much about the Singapore justice system. Oh, it's not great. That's uh, what you need to know. But I know uh, it also wouldn't be great to if, if this were to happen in Japan uh, because this next article from BBC as I like complete sick of make things dark again. Japan, <laughs> Japan, <laughs> Japan death oh, row God. inmates sue over same day executions. You gotta give us a day. Wait, same day as what? I just watched my comrade get lethally injected. So apparently uh, according to this article anyways, in in Japan, you if you're de on death row, you do not know if you'll be executed that day until you're told. So you wake oh, up. Oh, like zero notice execution. Zero notice, yeah. It's not it's not like like you do the crime and, and then you're killed. Oh, oh, you just got convicted of death oh. and you're killed at the by the judge. Right. right. I, I thought he took out a katana and beheaded you at trial. I, like, I didn't it. even know Japan has a death penalty. Yeah, it's not good. They yeah, almost I, never use it, but when they use it, it's really bad. And it's by hanging. Uh. No, it's really, it's really awful. I mean, the death penalty is pretty awful, no matter what context you choose. I mean, the, the method of death, some are more barbaric than others. So they, so they like jump it on you. Like, wait, why am I getting a big meal today? Oh no! Yeah. What the fuck? Sounds that like is it. brutal. Oh, although I don't know what's worse: knowing for months and months, like the day, yeah. or just fucking surprise. This is definitely worse because you can't like say goodbye to your family and everything because you don't like know to plan for it. <laughs> It's pretty important that you know for the sake of making your end of life arrangements. Within the barbaric context of being executed. This right. could have been simpler. Japan, Japan death row inmates sue over executions. That also would yeah. have sufficed. How about don't kill us? Yeah. <laughs> pretty fucked up. Um. I, to, to return to something funnier, uh, in the previous article, he's go, he fails to wake up for court. I would just like to point out that failing to wake up is a very funny is a Is a cop code for killing someone. Yeah. Uh, he failed to wake yeah. up after Suspect we, fails to wake uh, up in police-involved shooting. After we tactically um, projected, uh, you know, cartridges yeah. in his direction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> An officer-adjacent failure to regain consciousness. After six guys sat on him for ten minutes until he choked to death, he failed to wake up for the uh, his, ambulance. His heart failed to show up. Yeah. For, uh, you know, to the gym to pump blood. But I would just like to say, failing to wake up in a, in a funnier context, like, I do that all the time. Like, But the, usually it's called, like, sleeping in or missing your alarm clock. It's like, he failed to awaken. Like, like, like it's a choice. Yeah, it's like a <laughs> like he, he laid down and it's like, your subconscious should have known. Yeah, it's a skill check. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't do the drink of water before you go to bed trick, okay. so you automatically wake up. Like, I don't even know what that means. In America, we just say fail to a sh like show. To a yeah, he was a no show. Here, here, here are the criticizing his sleeping habits too. It's like, but it's on. like it's too specific. It's like you know, guy who backflipped a rhino enclosure is late to court because of extreme diarrhea. It's like, or you, you know, know he, that he didn't have a complete breakfast. I'm like, what are you? Yeah, this weird ass judgment. He had a panic attack and couldn't show up. At court. Like we don't care. Just say whether he showed up at court. They're already judging him for doing sick flips on rhinos, which is yeah. like a miscarriage of justice in the highest order. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> 
He's just trying to do the leg Darwin. That's a fucking Darwin award. Like, let nature take its course. You don't have to execute him. He was trying to do the sick leg loss flip up onto the horse. Yeah. A warrant out for him. He only counts as one challenge. Singapore has no chill. No, they really don't. Well, I'm I'm only going to do one more headline to, to close us out, but because I always forget to carry over the ones that I don't do, I'm just going to uh, briefly summarize the crypto one. Apparently, the, the new mayor of New York City um, wants to be paid in Bitcoin and also wants crypto to be taught in schools as a curriculum. <laughs> this, uh, <laughs> oh, that's funny. So oh, there's that's, a lot of athletes now trying to get their, their salaries in crypto. I'm sure. Except, see, for the mayor, he's only going to get like four Bitcoins. Whereas yeah, the athletes can get like, a shitload. Yeah, yeah, divide a coin that's worth like thirty thousand dollars into bite size. Thirty? What do you know, where you been? It's worth like sixty. Oh, oh, did it change the last five minutes? I can't <laughs> keep track. You know, we've had our ups and downs throughout this episode. Um, so, what was the car store one? Was that this one? The car store one was the, yeah, the, the Japan one. Okay. Yeah. And the idea that people would get paid in a currency that fluctuates that much and can raise the value that much that quickly, no one's insane enough to do to act yeah, like wild. That. Yeah. Let's uh, uh, the, the grape ape NFT is the next thing for the curriculum. <laughs> grape ape. Let's let's return to the <laughs> the um the endless well of the Atlantic to close us off. Um, yeah, out, the and I am salty as we draw water from the Atlantic. How to get back to normal? Getting back to normal is only possible until you test positive from the Atlantic. What? For HIV, it's it's, it's totally it's changing course from what we expect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This seems to be about a guy who thinks that um who got COVID is like wow. All these people need to stop worrying because it wasn't as bad as it could have been for me. So get COVID, test positive, stop worrying. Wait, is did you read it? I read the last paragraph because I wanted to see what his conclusion was. Because I assumed this was like a lib thing about like a breakthrough case. In what way? Like, you know, we thought we could get the economy and our lives back on track now that we have a vaccine, but oh no, Delta broke through my defenses. Now I'm now everything's ruined again. I thought that's what this was saying. No, it was basically like he didn't. He was vaccinated. It, I think it was a breakthrough. Um, I didn't read the. I didn't read the whole article, but I think he went to like a wedding or something, and then he got it. And the, at least the, that the conclusion is like, yeah, we need to get back eventually. Things are opening up, so you know. You, you should. We all have to accept that we stop stressing so much about this. Well, it's kind of what I thought it was, just with a weirder conclusion. Yeah, yeah. It was. A, it was. A, it was very long too. So I, I feel like it's someone who was who was really deep in their bag. I am still struggling with the just the headline itself. That's fair. That, Until that's what... it doesn't. It doesn't even make sense. <laughs> so I was getting back to normal late one night, and then suddenly. COVID, now I have regressed to abnormal. But, like, I, what? The title should probably be um, You Can Only Feel Safe and Comfortable Until You Test Positive for COVID. Like, he's not really saying getting back to normal in, like, a meaningful sense. He's just kind of saying his feelings, like, his feeling of normalcy, his feeling of uh, safety has been shattered by 
the public reaction to his breakthrough is. Also, don't let me warp your your understanding because I I barely skimmed it. So I could also, you know, be guiding you in the in the wrong direction. Well, we can only get back to normal so long as you don't read this. Yeah, this and is I won't. Totally inscrutable. What the I mean, fuck it's the, is he saying? It's, it's the Atlantic. Inscrutable is the best possible outcome because the other outcomes are righteous rage and like unrighteous depression like there's not a lot of ways you can go with he saying article. he regrets trying to get back to normal by going to this wedding where he ended up getting covid and so we should not return back to normal could be what the like if you just want to meander your verbal diarrhea do so but don't like rick us <laughs> oh i want to yeah just say i want to rage about i want to talk about how i want to talk about this cool travel trip where i went to new orleans Oh, and then it turned out bad. I got COVID. Like, all right, no one's gonna read it. But that's what you get. No, everything needs to be a lesson that you you can pontificate. Right. You know, and this is a theme we've been seeing a lot with these articles. Every single asshole who writes these thinks they're a goddamn Edward R. Morrow, and that they have to like import on the idiot masses the information, the the moral clarity that they need to live their life. You don't matter. Shut the fuck up. We're reading you to make fun of you. If you can write an article about your experience with COVID, you're not really that victimized. Most, you know, if you're not dead or dying, you're not really the big victim of COVID. Um, The entire fucking global South is unvaccinated because we didn't create a global vaccine because we're assholes as a corporate and Western class, not us specifically. Like, they're the victims. And the people in the United States who were dying because we didn't have a response to this before the vaccine are the victims. This guy's not the victim. He's moderately inconvenienced by a breakthrough case that probably has no long-term consequences for him, except that he gets some money for writing a dumb article. The global south is fucked. We're not back to normal. The world is fucked. You have to fix it. Like We will get breakthrough case after breakthrough case because we're going to get a thousand different variants of this thing until we fix that problem. And our response to that is not like we've ethically failed 90% of humanity. It's, I can't go to Disney World without people being upset. This is irrelevant. No one gives a shit. (laughs) Who cares? Okay, so you got COVID. You're like out for a week. Well, you were vaccinated, so you're fine. I've been cheating. I've been reading it some. He's he's just like trying to do the. Well, we're not taking it seriously enough. Oh well. Well, we have breakthroughs. What does normal mean? Come on, like we we've all been living this for eighteen months. We fucking get it. We don't need you to. Like bit, we, everyone has decided what side they're on. You're either, you're either with Aaron Rodgers or you're with the doctors. Like everyone's decided. You're not convincing anyone. You're not convincing people who write the policies. You're not convincing the corporations that have the mandates and the protocols. You're not changing anyone's mind. So you're not doing anything. Yeah. And the, and the guy ends with like, I don't have any solutions. Well, you're not even trying to change people's minds. So you're, trying to get, you're trying to give people a 15 minute thing to read with and learn. Right, nothing. you're just trying to get a little bit of money for writing this giant article that says ultimately nothing. I you're trying to scam the publisher. You're trying to you're trying to scam the Atlantic, is what it is. Really. Don't make me like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe very much in therapy, but I do not think that people should be paid to therapize themselves through op eds. I think that can stay in in. Right, just talk conversations to your, just with talk professionals. To if I wrote an article that was like, I missed out on $18 of savings from a Steam sale, I need to tell everyone <laughs> for 15 minutes about how upset that makes me. 
That would be more valuable than this. Read this giant article about how Steam sales are arbitrary and they fuck and they put undue pressures to buy stuff quickly and they really made you miss out on yeah. that cool RPG. Get, getting play. back to normal is only possible till you realize that you missed a, a daily. Until you missed the summer sale. sale. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is what this is. There are no stakes from a privileged person with an issue that basically will never affect them again. Time to read for 15 minutes. <laughs> Steam no conclusion. The Steam summer sale gave me PTSD. Right. I will never recover from those $18 that I could have saved. God. I, just the hem. This article is just a. It's like 18 paragraphs of hemming and hawing. Well, I wanted to go to this wedding, but I, then I was like, I don't know. Maybe I'll get COVID there. Oh, I got COVID there. But oh, but Louisiana is so beautiful. By the way, here's like a link to travel plans. Like, just stop it. Stop it. Get some help. Yeah, help. God. The, me- the media is failing us. Do better, media. I mean, it's working for the podcast. <laughs> but, it, but the American public? Getting hosed. It's failing me. Yeah. Uh, here's my 15-minute op-ed about how the media is failing me. Can we delete this picture, Scalia? It's making me literally nauseous. No, I think we gotta use it somehow. I don't know. Just scroll up. Right. <laughs> Well, it's like, it's like that episode where you posted the fucking image of Hillary Clinton and just ghostly staring me down. The, the, the audience's reference. We're not all in the same room, so in order for us to share these links and communicate, we're we're you know we're communicating through text, and so I'm occasionally posting images or headlines or stuff in here, and some of them are to you know for reference later, or some of them are just to make my co-host feel bad. And, Getting back to normal is only possible until you see this caricature of Anthony. <laughs> so you see political drawings of Supreme Court. Justices. I need to now write about this in a long paper. God. All right, I'll do one more. Uh, <laughs> we got an encore. Uh, this is a. I I I I'll give this a, a, a intro of my own, which is a uh, when capitalism and militarism walk into a bar. Um. <laughs> This is from the Miami Herald. <laughs> Metallurgist admits faking st- steel test results for Navy subs. Oh, man, I saw this one. This is awesome. Oh, boy. This is amazing. The American government is Glop so King. cheap and so full of shit and trying to get the lowest possible bid for their contracts. that They are willing to let our subs implode, killing hundreds of armed of people in the, in the armed services because they're cheaping out on contracts. It's highly so trained, good. highly trained and valuable people too, because like it's so good. It's not every person can go on a sub. The American government invests hundreds of thousands of dollars into these people. ROTC programs, high level training, essentially masters and doctorate level for military stuff, and we're just letting them die in like cheap tin cans. Yeah, it's so good. But what if your sub wasn't safe to go underwater? <laughs> Wouldn't America's that be the absolutely fucking worst? Anyone who says, is, isn't this? Are we recording this on like Veterans Day weekend or something? Like on uh, Veterans Day, whatever. Like, exactly. This is such a slap in the face. Every time you hear someone say, "Oh, we're doing this for our arm," we thank you for provide safe, securing our freedoms. One, you know that's a lie, because sending Americans to go kill farm people is protecting our freedoms. But two, American America is not securing our armed services people's freedoms. The freedom to life and liberty. No, the freedom to die under pressure. In a no, I mean, this, this, this is how it always goes. I mean, you know, after oh the first God. Gulf War, like 40% of the soldiers we sent there got horrible, like cancer and, and other issues because of the insane chemical weapons we were just testing out for fun in that week-long war. Uh, this, is, this is nothing new. The, the U.S. government abuses their armed services for really no reason, just Why like Alice 
Yeah, I mean, they may as well be like Tuskegee because they just do whatever the fuck they want. And it's like, oh, did that cause cancer? Sorry to hear it. Good luck. Oh, did your submarine implode? We'll, we'll make a memorial statue. It's cheaper than fixing the submarine. <laughs> How in the world do they get this guy to admit this? That's what I want to know. I, I, I'll, I'll grant the government this. It's entirely possible because I didn't read the details of this. That they thought it was legitimate and that it was going to be strong and that he misled them. But come oh, on, come of course, on. Yeah. At a certain point, you don't double check his work. The only way he could give a bid that was cheaper was to scam the system, which was yeah. to fake the strength of the metal, which is why he won the contract. And the government people who gave out the contract should have known this isn't doable at this price. It doesn't make any sense. There's like, obviously going to be some compromise somewhere. Hundreds of millions or billions of dollars investment and thousands of lives potentially invested and you don't double check the work of a self-interested asshole selling you an underpriced bid? At a certain point, that's like a negligence that's un unfathomable, and, which may as well be malice. And we all saw this in real time with the, with the border wall. We all of us lived through immense coverage of all the podunk corporations and idiots coming together. It's like, yeah, Trump, I'll build the wall for free. I'll build it for a tenth of budget. I'll build it for a billion dollars. And it was like, it was like, all garbage. Every single submission was garbage. I, I want to I point out, once again, soldiers in this country get fucked, like, over and over again. We saw in a few weeks, a few episodes ago, like, oh, the suicide rate is massively increased for, for both veterans and active duty people. No, no coverage. No one cares. Like, this is not a big story. No politicians are running on fighting that. Um, you know, we, we have completely lied to them about their purpose and value. You know, defending America, it's like all we've ever basically done is do wars of aggression. They, they get propagandized too constantly about something they never actually get to do, which is like defend us meaningfully from evils. We underpay them. We don't cover their problems when they come home, almost all of them with some sort of PTSD or severe physical de like debilitation. Like, it, the, the majority of people who go into the military start conservative and come out like leftists <laughs> because of what they experience. Or, or psycho psychopathic. Or, 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 or like damaged it, but beyond politics. And I just want to say, like, if you're thinking about going into the military, don't. Just don't. You're, you're not going to have a good time. You're going to get abused. Uh, and if you're, if you're already suffering from that shit, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I, I, don't, I don't like war. I, I think it's pretty fucking horrific. But what's happening to our own, for basically no reason, is also horrific. Uh, and is really like it could not be a more blatant dereliction of duty by every part of our political sphere to let the people we supposedly put on this this pedestal suffer every fucking problem there is homelessness, suicide rates, drug addiction, uh, crippling medical bills, all these things. And just be like, eh, whatever. What I don't else? think I don't think saying they'd be abused is even enough. You might be hazed, raped. You might be murdered. Oh yeah, well that's a whole other. Element. I mean, yep. Yep. like no, just no. Hard pass. Yeah. It's, you it's, might want to it's help your country. They will not pay you back. Um, yeah, and, and even if your intentions are pure, um, the whole culture and structure of the military is, is about following authority. So you will, in the end, be following the directives of your superiors and their orders from the government, from corporate interest and they'll pack you into a death trap yep so it's, it's as, as seen with the article you won't even have autonomy to do what's what's right in almost every case so that's the sad truth of things yeah and and, and remember all of these fucking things the next time a politician's like support our troops and then they send them to have all these things happen to them and don't give a fuck ever 
Uh, they don't care. They've never cared. It's just a talking point. And with yeah. that, with that, we still managed to end on something a bit less depressing and a story about a self-indulgent story about COVID. So I'm going to count this as a success. I, I see this as an win. absolute win. Yeah. <laughs> still only counts as one. Well, you know what? I don't feel completely blackpilled. I have a little bit of fire left after all this. So I think that's a win. You know I'm going to go jump in a dumpster. Okay. I guess I, I've transferred it to him. Yeah, I see I see those as the as both wins. Uh, I've paid Casey <laughs> Zach for what he does to me and uh, given Alex a break. So yeah. absolute win. <laughs> I'll, just I'll don't get land, you, last man. Don't land on any homeless vets in that dumpster, please. They have it bad enough. Um. All right, folks. Well, this was, you know, an episode. It was an episode. Hopefully, you got some smiles. I feel attacked. Um, <laughs> I uh, I think next week we'll probably do a deep dive or something, but we've already gone on too long. So we will uh, we will see you next time on another episode of the pod. See you next time. See ya. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoy what we do here at the Non-Essential Workers Podcast and you want to support us, please check us out at patreon.com slash nonessentialworkerspodcast or by clicking the link below. For five bucks, you get access to the Patreon feed and twice, sorry, twice as many total episodes. How many more? I'll say it one more time for the back, twice. <laughs> Anyways, thanks and see you next time.